0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. Uh, hello. Uh, hi. Hi. It's nice to see you. It's nice. Let's uh, let's talk about some shit. I always want to start conversations that way. Just get right to the talking. Let's talk about some shit. It's always disappointing to me when people talk about the weather because that means you didn't really want to talk about anything. (laughs) You know, like I was in my elevator today. I got in my elevator and one of my neighbors got on. I don't know his name. I'll die not knowing his name. (laughs) But uh, we're on the elevator so we look at each other and there's that moment. There's always that moment where like, maybe something could happen. There's a little potential in that moment. And you wait and you go, yeah, it's cold, ah fuck, nothing happened. Like you just, you cop out. And you just say meaningless shit. You have a, co- a competition of how stupid you can be. Oh, I can't believe eight months ago it was 50 degrees out. <laughs> but what if you didn't do that? What if you didn't cop out? What if you just let the moment linger? Don't go to the weather and just, maybe you could have a real moment. You just stand there and look at each other. I haven't talked to my dad in eight years. (laughs) But uh, I'm glad you're here and I I really hope that this goes well. Uh, For your sake, because here's the thing, I could ruin your night, let's be really clear. I have the potential to ruin your night in a way that will resonate for weeks, that'll actually change. And listen, this is a lot of people, this is a responsibility what I'm talking about here because there's about 3,000 people here and if I release this many people into the community angry, <laughs> that could have an impact on what history would have been. Like if I just came out here and said hi and then I just went and just shit my pants. <laughs> and then I just leave. And you sit there, that's not, he's not just gonna shit his pants and leave. And the lights come on, the ushers are like, let's go, that's the show. And you're like, what the fuck, man? You'd be so upset. You'd go home yelling at the person in your group whose idea it was to come here. Why did you want to see him? I didn't know he was gonna shit his pants. I never even heard of that. But it's important to me to do a good job because it's my job. I mean, also you paid me and it's, you paid me. I get money from every ticket. So your money is mine now. I own it now. And, and it's gonna be gone tomorrow. I'm a piece of shit. I don't save money. If I die tonight, my kids are homeless tomorrow morning. Someone's gonna wake them up, your daddy's dead, get your shit and get out because I don't save money. I think it's arrogant to save money. You shit it out. Money is like oxygen. It's not my money. It's the money. I could die tomorrow. So fuck it. I spend it. I didn't buy my mom a house. You're supposed to have that musical montage when you get a TV show where you take your mom to the... Oh, my God. I didn't do that. I didn't, she's my mom, but she's not me. Why would I buy her a house? <laughs> but... Um, But I'm not motivated by the money to do a good show. I'm motivated by a responsibility to you because I don't know who's out there. Maybe there's somebody here who has more at stake than I do. Maybe there's a couple here on a first date. Maybe there's a guy here. I don't care if it's you. Uh, But I'm only interested in the hypothetical people. There might be a guy here who's been looking at this girl from across the thing they live at. I don't know. They, he sees her every day across the trench of blood that they live on each side of, <laughs> and he sees her. And he's never had the guts to ask her out. He sees her, oh, looks at her out the window, and she's putting out the laundry because it's Italy in the 1800s or something. <laughs> and he looks at her. Oh. Oh, she's so so beautiful. (laughs) Unfortunately, that's where it's headed. That's the sad thing about being a guy is that we can't have a beautiful thought about a woman that isn't followed by a disgusting thought. That's just the way that we're built. If you're a woman and a man has ever said anything romantic to you, it's because he left off the second part that would have made you vomit. That's just the way we are. Oh, she's an angel, and I want her to drown in my cum. That's just... That's just the way we are. We're designed that way. We have to be that way, because we have to fuck you, and that's kind of gross. There would stop being people if we weren't pigs a little bit. Because we have to get on top of you and fucking fuck you. You gotta be kind of a pig. Women get to be elegant during sex. They lay back and they pose and they just... Even aggressive women on top get to put their hair up and do a whole thing. But we just gotta climb on and... Like, we just gotta... That's why we got to think that we got to prosecute the pussy. That's the way we have to think. Get on the dick train, bitches! It's the kind of human being it takes to fuck another human being. Anyway, so the guy... <laughs> looking at her. It's a window here. He's just a little stains of various ages on the wall little <laughs> circles with dates and pencil. <laughs> like a kid's growth chart on a door jam, but very different. He sees her every day and he never had the guts. Finally, he went up to her. About two weeks ago, he got tickets to this show and he went up to, hey, Darlene, how you doing? I don't know why he talks like that, but whatever, he's, Sometimes he just makes noises in an accent without words. (laughs) Hey, Darlene, you want to go some... So she agrees to go, <laughs> they get in this car, they drive in, they go to the uh, place and they get a thing that we all enjoy because it's local and gives a shit. And then um, <laughs> I don't care where I am, I really don't give a shit. I'm not interested in where I am ever. I've been doing this for eight, 25 years, I don't even know how long anymore. I'm not impressed by the places. Like, I was in Chicago. Every time you go, I go to a city now, everybody's like, oh, you gotta get the... the. No, I don't. I don't have to get anything. <laughs> I don't care. The two most boring things in the world to me are civic pride and civic rivalry. I'm from Boston. That's a very divisive city. Somebody always goes, woo! Then somebody else goes, boo! And I really want them both to just fuck themselves and die. <laughs> because... Those are both stupid impulses. I'm from Boston. I'm not proud of it. Everything bad happened to me there. That's where I squirted diarrhea in my underwear in gym class. Boston! Why would I? And if you're gonna boo a city, if you're gonna raise your voice and say boo at a performance because a city was mentioned, you better have a really good personal reason. Like, the whole city of Boston raped your mom. The entire city. Every citizen just, they made her comfortable and they just raped her for months. It took so long to organize. It was like a coat drive, it just went on and everybody got a thing in the mail. I gotta rape that lady in a month. I gotta get off work and men, women, old ladies. Why do I have to do this? (laughs) Newborn baby girls. They just fucking fucked your mom. If if it gets that bad, you can go ahead and boo Boston. I understand. And even then, that's a pretty weak response to the mass raping of your mom by an entire city. You're just going to go boo. Why'd you boo? Just not a fan. I don't like it. Was the Red Sox. Nah, they raped my mom. They all did. <laughs> boo. <laughs> but anyway, I'm glad I'm here because of you and, and I wanna do a good show for you. That's my job. That's the simplest thing in the world to me is that you should do your job. You should do it well and not because of how well you get paid but because that's your job. I never understand people when I go to a place to get a thing and they do their job shitty, out of spite for how shitty their job is. That makes no sense to me. Why, why would you do, why wouldn't you want it? You, why, why do you have to make my coffee, sarcastically? I don't even, I don't even care. Hear your majesty, enjoy your coffee. You know, why? Why wouldn't you want it to go? You know why? Because you're 20, you piece of shit. That's why. Because you're a 20-year-old piece of shit. I'm sorry, but I am prejudiced against everyone who's 20 years old that works at a place. Because... no, They just think that if you just stand there and hate it, somebody will go, oh, well, then let's make you a director. That's how that works. Just if you... Clearly, you're better than this... 20-year-olds are the worst people because that is a person who has been taking and just sucking up and absorbing fucking education and love and products and, and just giving nothing back. They're just, they're ripe like a big, fat, ripe orange on a tree. And the, and the tree's like, get the fuck out <laughs> here. Jesus, this is crazy. What? fuck you, I don't want to go. If you're 20, I guarantee you, you never did anything for anybody. Yes, you went to Guatemala on a school trip and they told you you helped, but you didn't help at all. You were a way bigger pain in the ass than you were any help to those. They're like, I got a mudslide in my house and I got to babysit a fucking college student. Just take a picture of her with a shovel so she can put it on Facebook and leave us alone. I had such an amazing experience. Really, did you take from them too, you motherfucker? 20-year-olds <laughs> are not interesting people. They have nothing to say. You, nothing has happened to you. My parents moved and I go to school. Who gives a shit? Unless you beat cancer as a child, you have nothing to say. I'm more interesting because I'm 43. That mathematically just makes me more interesting. Just because shit has happened to me. I've collected stories. When I was 35, a, a woman blew me, and two years later, she killed herself. That's, that's, she hung herself to death. That's an interesting story. That's worth listening to and pondering. Cause, Cause it means it takes two years after blowing me for the shame to be too much that you gotta, you gotta do yourself in. It's, that's the gestation period. <laughs> what if every woman that ever blew me died exactly two years later? <laughs> and some detective picked up on it. And when he realizes why, he's like, well, I can't do anything. It's not illegal to have a disgusting penis. It's just a shame. Anyway. I don't like when a 20-year-old is working, because you never get attitude from the 65-year-old guy. You ever go to Best Buy, and the guy selling you a DVD player is like 65? That guy is trying to get a Nobel Prize for selling DVD players. (laughs) He's amazing. You never get the 65-year-old guy like, does it have Blu-ray? Well, let me read the box that you could have read. And, no, he's like, well, let's find out. You need to know that. He's so excited to help you. And he has reasons to be bitter, this 65 year old guy. He's 65, he works at Best Buy. He had to come out of retirement because his kid is gay and does crystal meth and he ruined his life. And it's partly his fault because he didn't accept his son being gay, that's why he's on drugs. The point is he's had a hard day and he's still showing up at fucking Best Buy wearing a bow tie, they don't make you wear those. That's how much he gives a shit. I don't know, man. Younger people, okay, fine. (laughs) You know, I'll wait and see. Maybe you'll be interesting. My own kids, I love my kids, but sometimes when they complain, I get really pissed off. My kids complain, I'm like, you know what? I love you, honey, but fuck you a little bit because (laughs) you have an amazing life. I gave my daughter Benadryl the other day because she had a rash and, and, and it was bubblegum flavored. And she's like, ew, fuck you. Ew, what are you, nuts? It's medicine. Most kids don't have medicine. When they get sick, they die on a rock with a bear eating them. <laughs> oh, he's got a sniffle. Ring the bear bell and put him outside. <laughs> ew. You're fucking a white girl, eating bubblegum medicine, wearing clothes made by children your age professionally. (laughs) And I don't mean to say that if you're white, you have no right to complain. I just mean that if you're black, you have more right to complain. (laughs) White people wish that black people would just forget everything (laughs) that ever happened to anybody. We're so impatient. Come on! Every year, white people add a hundred years to how long ago slavery was. I've heard educated white people say, slavery was 400 years ago. No, it wasn't. (laughs) Were you crazy? It was 130 years ago, and it's not like it ended and then everything has been amazing <laughs> for black people. Slavery, and then it just ended like a clean shit where you don't have to wipe, just a perfect ending. And then it's just been parades and blowjobs and presents for every black person, every second since slavery ended. If you meet a black person with gray hair, they remember a time where they legally weren't allowed to use certain water fountains, so give them a second. And by the way, white people, we have the same thing. You know, we have things that happen to us that we're still coping with, like when they took our slaves away. That was really hard for us because (laughs) we really liked having slaves and now we're sad. So, pretty much unbalanced. But, I hope my children have a good life. I had kids too late in life, I think. And I didn't t- take good care of myself. I'm, I'm a shitty, unhealthy father. And I think that's unfair. And I wish I'd taken care of myself when I was younger for their sake. It's another thing young people do, they don't look ahead. They don't think about the future. There's a view of the future that changes as you grow up. Like, 20-year-olds have no idea what's going to happen to them. They're mystified by 30. What's it gonna be like when I'm 30? Maybe I'll be a space person helper. (laughs) They don't have any idea that when you fuck with your body, you're ruining the parent that you're gonna be. If you're 35 and you're out of shape and you don't have kids, don't have kids. Because it's not fair to them. I, my kids deserve a 25-year-old father with a kid on his shoulders going, Whoa! Whoa, I'm going to get you! I'm going to get you! So, I'm so not that guy. I'm not even the cool salt and pepper dude throwing the football through the you know, tire on the Viagra commercial. I'm not even that guy. I, you know... because I didn't take care of myself. Young people are arrogant. They're like, fuck it, man, woo! Who gives a shit, wants to live forever anyway, woo! And they think they're gonna die. That's how dumb they are. (laughs) Get fucked up! And they think they're just gonna explode like just a nebula of excess, just a beautiful, they're gonna turn 50 and then just, (laughs) oh my God, he did just what he wanted the whole time! But you don't die, you idiot. You just have a a long, shitty second half. You get to like 38 and you're like, ugh, I'm uncomfortable a lot of the time. Ugh, sorry, I don't know what that is. Uh, I sweat with no activity involved. I mean, when I walk in the city in the summer, I have to touch a building when I'm walking, like... <laughs> and I got 40 more years of this shit. I'm not dying. <laughs> Most of the abuse I've done to my body has been the way that I eat. I've only learned recently that food is supposed to be fuel it enables you to do things. Food, you're supposed to eat like a little piece of salmon and a berry and go, whoa, shit, look at this, (laughs) Food is not supposed to be a disgusting, debilitating vice. You're not supposed to have to cancel shit because of what you ate. Just clear the day so you can take the hit from what you put in. It- <sighs> That's all Americans. We're uncomfortably full all the time. Ooh. That's why we need the air conditioning on. We need it to be 70 degrees always because we'll have a heart attack from all the grease. Uh. Do you know that it costs 10 times the fuel to air condition our homes than it does to heat them? Did you know that? 10 times the fuel, just for comfort. How shocking is that? Especially because it's not true. I made it up. But it's fun to... Fuck <laughs> it, like it is true. Who cares? Just go home and Google it. I'll get home before you and put it in the internet and it'll come up. <laughs> but, um... We really, we eat too much as a nation. You ever go into like a real American restaurant like Applebee's and everybody's just in pain at their tables, just. (sighs) Uh... (sighs) You have to lift your lungs up over the fat to make room to. I shouldn't have those. Do you want dessert? Yes, bring it, stupid. I don't, it's, I'm fine. Trying to, mm. You're supposed to eat with purpose. You eat a little piece of lettuce, and the guy in your belly's like, oh, awesome, I can make some skin cells and some blood cells and some energy. The guy in my belly hates me, <laughs> hates me. He gets my third donut, he's like, what the fuck do you imagine I'm doing with that? There's, there's no part of you I can make out of donuts. <laughs> it's just a storage issue. You're creating work for everybody. And, ah, uh, four. He's having four fucking donuts. It's 10 o'clock. <laughs> the other guy's like, what do you want to do with it? Just shit it out. Seriously, you know what? Sh- shit it out whole. Let him find a donut in the toilet. Let's see how that... Educates this fat piece of shit. I'm tired of this. Shit it out holy. He chewed it. Reassemble it and shit it out. I'm serious. Get everybody on it. Bring the guys up from the feet and put that thing together and shit it out. And shit it out the hard way, too, not like a coin out of a slot. Make him blow it out of his asshole like a smoke ring of dough. Just <laughs> I just shit a coconut donut. (laughs) It's perfect. (laughs) But it's not fair to my kids. That's why I have such a terrible. I'm I'm not, you know, you you have to have energy to have children. When I take my kids to the park, I just I just let them run like like a dog run, like I got leashes. (laughs) Let's go. Daddy, chase us. Not gonna have. I'm not chasing you. Just grow up sad. Sorry, it's how it works. If somebody grabs you, I'll chase them. That's the only way I have to be motivated by something other than your joy. That's not enough. I have certain physical limitations and dietary limitations that make me a bad father. Like, I am always in a 48-hour window of diarrhea, that I had it, or I'm gonna have it within 48 hours. There's, I'm always between two diarrheas that are moving along the timeline of my life. And depending on where in that window I am, there's a tight radius of how far I can venture from my home. Otherwise, I'm having diarrhea in a public restroom with my children standing there watching me because I can't leave them out there alone. Daddy, you want to go to the aquarium, honey? This is what happens, okay? (laughs) It's not fair to them. It really isn't. And when you're not in good shape, you're less patient of a person. You know, it's a lot of work having kids. Especially now, as opposed to the past. Because in the past, you just had your kids and they just did their thing and you did your thing. That's what it was like for me. I'm amazed at that now. Because I have a five-year-old and an eight-year-old. My oldest daughter is eight years old. And when I was eight, my mother, she would go to work and I'd go to school. We were like roommates. There was no... (laughs) She'd just go, see you later. Uh, Maybe I'll have a child when I get home from work. I don't know. I would go to school and then I would just wander around town. And I would do weird shit. I used to go to the store and steal tampons. I got in this weird thing where I stole tampons every day. And I never got caught. I mean, the guy probably saw me, but he's like, I'm not confronting the kid who steals tampons. I did a lot of weird shit when I was a kid. I showed my penis to a girl with Down syndrome that lived down the street. I did that. Go ahead and judge me. I was nine. I just... I mean, I'm still the guy who did it, but... <laughs> I was a kid. I just really wanted a girl to look at my penis. I wanted to have that moment. And I was too afraid to ask any girls that didn't have Down syndrome, basically, it was the... Cause <laughs> girls in my town scared me. They, were, they smoked parliaments and had feathered hair and... Leather jacket, fucking queer. They were tough, but she was approachable. I met her behind Kentucky Fried Chicken by a dumpster, and she was just nice. It's a true story. And I, I said, I asked her. Can I didn't just go, hey, look at my fucking dick. I asked her, can I show you my penis? And she's like, fine. And I took it out. We're both standing there, and she's looking at me like, dude. You think you're the first person to do this? I've seen every dick in this town. Just put it away. <laughs> That's what it was like when I was a kid. I mean, not for everybody, <laughs> not every single Oh, sure, we all showed our dicks to fucking people. But now my kids, I take them everywhere. I'm responsible for every second of their lives. I'm with them all the time, watching them do their thing. I take them to soccer, yeah, you're, play, you're playing soccer. You're playing soccer right now, I know you're, you're playing. You, are you done? Okay, let's go, uh, let's go over here. Was that fulfilling? Was that was it strengthening and confidence? That like you have to do everything with them. And I have two kids, a five-year-old and an eight-year-old, and, and when it's just the three of us, it can be challenging because they're, they're very disparate skill levels. The eight-year-old is blossoming. She can do all kinds of stuff. The five-year-old is not good at anything. <laughs> I mean, she's five. She's appropriately shitty at everything. For a five-year-old. But what that means is that when we go out together, we have to choose shit that she can do. We're all brought down to her level. We're like three five-year-olds of different sizes. Just doing boring five-year-old shit. It's limiting. Hey, let's go for a bike ride. I'm never very confident in my bike. Oh, fine, let's just sit here and look at each other then. Is that Jesus? We went swimming once, the three of us, and it was torture because the eight-year-old is amazing. She's swimming and she's in the deep end and she's swimming alone, she's lonely. She's Daddy, please swim with me. I'm like, I can't, because this one won't, we're in the shallow end and she won't like. go me. She's like, I'm gonna drown. What? Just, it's to your tits. Just please fucking stand there, it's nothing. It's too deep, what, really? What, like I would just go, haha, you're dying now. That's funny to me, like really? If I wanted to kill you, I'd wait till you're sleeping and do this for four minutes. That's all it would take. You should thank me every morning you wake up alive. That's how easy it is to kill you. So why would I take you to a fucking swimming pool in the afternoon to murder you? It's just hard, because that one kid she's nothing. Please, I, I wish I could. I wish I could say, you know what? Can you get out of the pool so I can go be with my friend? <laughs> who I have shit in common with? Do you have to ruin every day of our fucking lives? No, that kid was a bad idea. I'm serious. And I love her. I love her. But I wish she was never born. That's just... This is... Any honest parent will tell you that they live with that ambivalence. And it's torture. You look at your beautiful child's face and you have two feelings at the exact same time. I love my daughter in a profound way. I cry at the drop of a hat when I think about her. This kid has made me love her so much that it's, it, it's, it's made me more able to love other people. I've, I can love people that are dead that I didn't love properly. Her love for me makes my love transcend time and travel through space. This kid is amazing, you you cut a tomato on a plate and she smiles like you just fucking adopted her from Zimbabwe or something. She's an amazing creature of pure beauty and love and I regret every single thing that led to her birth. That's how you feel. Cause it's fucking hard. If you're really putting the time in as a parent, there's no parent that's really raising their kids who hasn't given the finger to the back of their head at least three times. By the time they're you, <laughs> that means you're really doing the work. If you haven't done that, you have nannies and shit. You're not a dad or a mom. Good night, sweetie. Okay. Light of my life. Light of my life. Light of my life. I think that, you know, I, I think one of the advantages to having kids is that they, they just cheer you on. Like, I, I have eaten shitty my whole life, and my kids just think it's hilarious. They don't care. They're like, Daddy ate 40 cookies! They just think it's the funniest fucking thing. <laughs> and it's more fun having kids as a divorced father, it really is. When I, had, when I was married and I had kids, I didn't enjoy it as much. I didn't we didn't have a good marriage, so it's over and everybody's happier. By the way, people who say you have to stay together for the kids, it's it's bullshit. Because staying married for the kids is like holding in a shit for your entire life. <laughs> for the kids. And that's the kind of person you become, even your kids, daddy, can we go to the park? Shit the fuck the fucking talk to me right now. <sighs> I see married couples together all the time, and sometimes it's sad. They just become the Dumb and Cunty Show that just becomes... <laughs> like, whenever I see a married couple on a plane, you know when, they, when a couple first gets on the plane and they're just so upset? Because they couldn't fight all day, because they, they had to keep moving to get to the flight. And now they're sitting and they can put, but they're on a plane. So they get on from. I saw this couple once in a supermarket, and I felt really bad for them. Especially the guy, because I could see he was making mistakes that were, once you get divorced you realize there's a lot of shit I could have fixed just by getting my head out of my own ass. Like I saw this guy, is a guy and his wife, and, and she's, she's got a cart full of, it was a supermarket. Just, she had a just cart full of stress. She had a very stressful shop, and she's standing there, and he's with his personality-annihilating phone, just, bang. And she's standing there like And she says, Can you help me? And he's just sports. And she says, Can you help me? Like she's trying to find his frequency. Can you help me? <laughs> And she just goes, oh, and she just walks away. And I looked at him, and he had this smug look like, yeah, it's right, babe. And I just thought, you idiot. Like, I wanted to go up to him. I, I didn't, because I don't talk to people at all. But I wanted to go up to him, <laughs> and I wanted to say, dude, just go find your wife, wherever she is. Go find her, and just, and just touch her shoulder, and just say, what do you need, babe? That's it, just go, what do you need? And I swear to God, you'll be fucking her in the ass in the store. <laughs> In like 10 seconds, you'll be fucking her in the asshole. That's how easy it is to fix your marriage. What do you need, babe? Oh, shit, just rub jelly on it and shove it in my asshole. Oh, my God, I love you. Just put jelly on your dick and fuck me in the... (laughs) Honey, there's jelly right there. It's right in front of you. It's right. Don't get raspberry. It has seeds. Come on, can you have a brain? Just... That's really dumb. (laughs) The one thing I truly resent about my children is (laughs) that they don't don't respect sleep. They don't. They don't give a shit. My kids get me up at six o'clock in the mother-cunting morning. They get me up at six fucking fart on a kitten's twat o'clock in the morning. (laughs) That's how early. I don't have to get up till seven to get them to school, but they wake me up because they're awake. And I appreciate, I understand, it's because they're excited about life still. (laughs) When they wake up, they're like, (laughs) and they want to tell me they're alive. Daddy, look, it's all still here. I'm like, I know I'm trying to run out the clock and die. Please let me sleep. <laughs> and at six in the morning, I am sleeping, man. I am sleeping a beautiful sleep. I am sleeping a deep, dark African sleep. I am fathoms deep in a river of warm chocolate. Just, uh. Uh, and sleep is like an ancient whore with 20 tongues just blowing me like perfectly uh, 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 and she's speaking a dead language oh fuck yes please uh, and she's feeding syrupy heroin into my dick while she's sucks leather. Oh fuck, that's so good. I don't care if I never come. This is so good, Daddy. No, fucking no, 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 Daddy. No. I walk around my apartment. I can never see out of my right eye till about 10 a.m. Just, it's totally clouded. I have a doctor friend, I told him that. He's like, I've never heard of that. <laughs> Just... Uh, yeah. What the fuck was that? <laughs> oh, I have two. Why the fuck did I do that? That was dumb. Why did I fuck that lady all those years ago? Could be sleeping right now. I love sleep. I love it. When I'm on the road, I sleep. I was, last week, I slept 12 hours one night. 12 hours, that feels good. It's a little too long. If you sleep 12 hours, you go a little too far in. <laughs> if you sleep 12 hours, you have weird dreams. Because you're, you only need eight hours to dream properly. For eight hours, your dreams are your, are your brain working. Because all day, you, you're walking around, you're trying to, your brain's just trying to run your legs and your arms and shit, and your lungs, and then there's just like new iPods and people and shit, and after a while, you're like, shut it down, and they, and they're all in your brain going, fuck, that was crazy, and they're just cleaning shut up. Man, what a day. And for eight hours, your dreams are your brain taking your memories and your, your crazy thoughts and your fears and putting them in order. After eight hours, if you stay asleep, your brain looks at you like, all right, you want to see some shit? (laughs) I mean, if you want to fuck around, I'll show you some shit. I got some shit here. You want to find out who you really are? You sure you want to hang around for the late show? Because this gets fucked up now. Yeah, yeah, maybe you you forgot about this! My dreams are always something really weirdly, repetitive and small and upsetting. Like the other night my dream was Gene Hackman making me put a rock in a bag over and over again. (laughs) That was a whole dream, put a rock in that bag. Put another rock in the bag. I wake up with just pee all over me. That's what I, li- I live for: sleep and food. I don't really care about anything else. Sex is great, but I'm too old to make an effort. I don't. If if I bump into a pussy, I'll fuck it. I promise. But I don't even masturbate much anymore. I get half a boner, and I just knead it down till it goes away. I just kind of... <laughs> no? All right. Sorry, let's go to sleep. It's fine with me. I, I mean, sex is great, but I'm not going to make it, I'm not going to, what am I going to do anyway? What would an effort be? Wear some nice clothes and go to the gym? Ooh, oh, they're all going to fuck me now. It's not going to matter. I'm still my age. I still got the big old penis that's just worn out. It's big, but not in a good way. It's not big like a porny, thrusty cock. It's big like an old man's nose. It's just kind of <laughs> bloop, bro like a lava lamp, just kind of brrr, right <laughs> when the end's about to break off, just kind of... It's, it's just sad. It's like that horse that nobody even brushes anymore in the back of his stable. the fly is... <laughs> It's never been my appeal anyway, is my looks. I've always gotten laid because of some tragic luck of some weird I just bumped into a woman that wanted to fuck for a bad reason and I was there. I've never been somebody that women just look at and they just go, oh, I wanna fuck him. Oh god damn it. This is a terrible representation of a woman masturbating, by the way. This is like they just hunch over and just fucking run. Women are very elegant. They do a little tiny thing. That's what a guy... If a guy had a pussy, that's how he would... He would just... (laughs) Just take a steel brush and... (laughs) Oh, shit, I broke it. They definitely gave the pussy to the right sex. Because women take care of things. Guys, we don't even dip this in hot soap more than once a month. If we had a thing that goes in, it would be disgusting. If, if guys had vaginas, they would be so gross. You'd always find shit in there, like dice and stuff. and little Salt packets from McDonald's. Receipts from a gas station three months ago. <laughs> sex has a really weird role in our lives now, because sex isn't really about love. It's not even about lust for another person. It's just about coming. We're just comers. We just love to. Oh yo, fuck, a fucking year. <laughs> That's all we care about now. Look, I'm, f- I'm fucking coming. We're so proud of it. Look at my hot load of cum! It's not, a, it's not a load. It's a teaspoon at the most. It's a child's dose of Tylenol. That's about all that's coming up. I mean, most people, when they have sex, there's nobody even there. It's, it's just porn now. That's all we do, is jack off to porn. That's the whole country's sex life. And porn is a really weird indication. It's, it's an indication of how fucked up this country's gotten because there's no bigger waste in the whole world. When you think about how much work porn is and what America gets out of it, because we're in a challenging time when we really, we want to all kind of do, you know, like in World War II when they collected fucking cotton and steel and shit and sent it to the troops with an envelope. We're not doing anything. We're, porn is a huge, it's a huge amount of work, first of all. I don't know if you really appreciate how much work pornography really is. It's really fucking hard. Those people don't just fuck and just go, high, film it. They really work. They work harder than any people I've ever seen do anything. I mean, a dude in a porn is like, for 40 minutes, he's like, <laughs> And the women aren't just being fucked, they're like, oh! Oh!" And all that hard work gets packaged and distributed and marketed by an army of professional talented people. And what does America get out of it? Just one fat guy in the dark going and falling asleep on a pizza. It's such a waste when you consider... That if you could put the porn people to work doing anything else, there's nothing they couldn't accomplish. But nobody wants it. If only guys got off sexually on watching a bunch of people build a school in, in Malawi or, oh, fucking giving those kids a chance. Oh, that's fucking hot! Thank you very much, folks, for being here tonight. Good night, thank you! Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Close the fucking door, I'm not done. Close the door, sorry, I didn't mean to be rude. She was nice, I feel bad. <laughs> she was nice. She's been working here for like 60 years, I just fucked her up. That was a nice lady in the red coat. Yeah, fuck you, man. Who are you, fucking Itzhak Perlman, asshole? Fucked up to be here doing this shit that I do. When you consider that somewhere there's a kid in like, you know, Yugoslavia playing the fucking violin in a basement and putting coal on a fire and shit, and so that he could someday sit in a chair right there and I'm sitting here going, ah oh, fucking you're yeah, and just <laughs> and shitting and pissing. Anyway, let me tell you a couple more stories. Sure. Thank you. I truly have nothing better to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'll tell you this story about one time that I thought I was going to die. I think it's the only time where I thought, why wouldn't this be when I die? I was on a plane. I've been on a lot of planes and a lot of shitty weather and stuff, but this shit was fucked up. I was in Indianapolis on a plane waiting to take off, and we're sitting there, and the pilot comes on, and he says, uh, Hi, folks. um, The fuel gauge is broken, so we're waiting for maintenance. So we wait about 20 minutes. Then he comes back on. Uh, Folks, the uh, fuel gauge is still broken, uh, but we're going to go anyway. Uh, we know how much fuel we have, and we feel confident it'll be okay, so we're going to go. And I'm thinking, okay, well, he's a pilot. I'm sure he's going by some manual that says, you know, if the fuel gauge breaks, call maintenance. If they're not there in 20 minutes, fuck it. <laughs> fuel gauges are overrated. Just go. You're fine. Just top it off and remember what happened. So then we still don't take off. And the guy comes back on, ah, folks, we have another problem. LaGuardia Airport in New York won't give us clearance to take off because the weather's been bad there intermittently. So we're going to wait for that. So we wait 20 minutes. Then he comes back on, ah, folks, LaGuardia still hasn't given us clearance, but we're going to go anyway. (laughs) We're looking at the radar. We think the weather will be fine. So what we're going to do is uh, say that our destination is Philadelphia. We'll get clearance to go there. Halfway to Philadelphia, we'll switch course to the Guardi Airport. We'll be happy there in a few minutes. I swear to God he said this. First of all, I'm pretty sure you're supposed to be honest with the dude in the tower. Like, does the... Dude in the tower have to go, really? You're gonna? Come on. Tell me where you're going. And why is he telling us this shit? Am I going to have to corroborate this lie if we get pulled over by the Sky Police at some point in the flight? Oh no, we're totally going to Philly. I got a brother there and uh, we got a thing in Philly. But I'm still fine with it because we're travelers on the—yeah, I got a thing. Fuck it. I'm immortal. Just go, please. Yes. Go into marginal weather with shoddy equipment secretly. I totally support this plan. So we take off, we get above where we are right now, and it's just a black motherfucker of a cloud. It's just like the Wizard of Oz, It's just there's trees throwing apples at us, it's crazy. It's just horrible, and we're the whole flight, and we're making these circles. And me and the guy next to me are both listening to the tower, you know how you can plug into your seats sometimes, and you can listen to the tower talk to the area airplanes? And we keep, he, we keep hearing our guy trying to get clearance to land from LaGuardia. Ah, uh, this is Delta 288 uh, requesting clearance to land. And uh, it's a negative 288. Low visibility. A few minutes go by. Uh, this is Delta 288. We would really like clearance to land. Yeah, that's a negative 288. Like he was getting annoyed. And meanwhile, we're just circling and burning this vague amount of fuel. (laughs) We could just stop being an airplane at any second. (laughs) And then we hear this, this is all true. This, the LaGuardia guy comes, here's LaGuardia Airport to all area airplanes. We are closed for the night, zero visibility, not safe for landing. Please divert to Philadelphia or Allentown, Pennsylvania or Boston and then we hear our guy. This is Delta 20, we need, we need to land now. We have no fuel, we have no fuel, we have to land right now. Hmm. Interesting. Then there's a pause, and then we hear this. Well, then I'm clear to land, then I'm 280 uh... That's how he said it, like, dude... (laughs) No one can see, okay, but just... I I guess all the dumb decisions you made today have made this a good one. (laughs) Just take a shot, I'm going home, just fucking... Turn the lights off after you crash, I don't give a shit, frankly. By the way, you're not supposed to be here, you fucking liar, you said you were going to Philly. So as soon as we get clearance, we just... (laughs) We start bulleting. We're either flying desperately towards the ground or falling. I don't know that there's a difference. We come out of the clouds and there's the fucking earth. Right fucking there. It's right there. That's what low visibility means. We come out of the clouds. No, fuck, it's right to Jesus. (laughs) And the plane just. And you can feel the plane go, oh, fuck, I can't do that. What are you, nuts? And we go and veer over the highway. And I swear to God, I saw people in their cars go, what the fuck? And we hit the runway like sideways. Like, poof. And the pilot comes back on. All true, I swear to God, he's totally out of breath. He's like. (sighs) 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 Welcome to LaGuardia Airport, New York City. (sighs) (laughs) You may turn on your cell phones now and you may call your loved ones. He said that, he said, you may call your loved ones. And everybody on the plane was crying and rocking back and forth, just sobbing, calling their husbands and their wives. I'm divorced, what am I gonna, hi, remember you hate me? Well, I almost died. And I got in a cab and the cab driver goes, that was a very bad lending. I was like, how'd you know that was me? He's like, that's the only plane to land in four hours. <laughs> we all watched the drivers. We said they're going to die. <laughs> so I was watching uh, Schindler's List today. <laughs> hey, you wanted me back, man. This is what I got. Also, <laughs> <laughs> I was watching Schindler's List. It's funny because Schindler's List, when it came out, was this moment. You know, it was a document, and everybody talked about it. Now it's just on. It's just on TBS, and you can just flip on by. Yeah, the Jews and all. Okay, and then you just you flip this way, and you see Dudley Moore and Kirk Cameron switch bodies, and. That way it's Hitler and the Jews and all that. It's just, I was watching Schindler's List and there was a scene that really, I, I, I forgot about this scene and there I saw it. There's a scene where all the Jews are being let out of Warsaw. They're being forced out of Warsaw. They got all their belongings on this road and all the people that aren't Jews are watching them leave in nice clothing. It's this horrible, and there's a little girl in this scene and she's standing on a mailbox. She's about eight years old and she's in a pretty dress. You remember this scene. And she's and she's watching them. She's going, "Goodbye Jews." Goodbye Jews. And this really struck me and probably the Jews too that it happened to because I think it must be real. There must have been that girl and when they researched the movie somebody told Spielberg that story and he was like, "We're fucking doing that." That's amazing. And because I know how movies are made, I know that they had to go and find an eight-year-old girl who could nail that shit. <laughs> so somewhere, there's a tape of like 50 little girls <laughs> trying to get the goodbye Jews" part. And they're all cute, of course. They're all little girl actors. There's no little girl actresses that are like, "Mm, like Sean Penn, I just do my thing, you know, I just, you know. They're going from the Hannah Montana audition to the goodbye Jews thing, (laughs) taking their turn. Hi, my name's Dorothy, I'm with William Morris. All right, Dorothy, go ahead. Goodbye Jews. (laughs) Goodbye, Jews. Uh, Dorothy, you're you're angry at them. Oh, I'm um, okay. Goodbye, Jews. Goodbye, Jews. Okay, thank you, Dorothy. Next. Goodbye, Jews. Goodbye, Jews. Goodbye, Okay, thank you very much. Next. And then comes the girl whose mother prepared her for the, hi, my name is Angeline, and I'm with CAA, and I'm really happy to meet you. The sun'll come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow. Angeline, we just need the line. Oh, I'm sorry. Goodbye, Jews! (laughs) Goodbye, Jews! Anyway, goodbye, Jews. It was very nice talking to you. Thank you very, very, very much. Good night.